Hey, Juliet the Rabbi here, coming to you from New York City. Good Shabbos, good day, good evening, whatever time of day it is for you. Good Shabbos. Um, And keeping things real, Juliet the Rabbi, keeping things real, realrabbinyc.com. That's me. So let's jump right in. I'm here to talk to you this week about Yitro, Jethro in English, Yitro in Hebrew, and Revelation and the Ten Commandments. I heard this great um, podcast episode on Sounds True Insights at the Edge with Tammy Simon. Maybe you know her, maybe you know it. Amazing podcast. I love listening to her. Um, She was interviewing, I think this was last week, she was interviewing this guy named um, Tift, um, yeah, Bruce Tift. And he's a psychotherapist, a Buddhist psychotherapist. He came to, to psychotherapy in a traditional fashion, and I don't know at what point he became a Buddhist, but he uses his Buddhism very strongly in his therapy. And what he says is, I love this line. I thought this, this was amazing, so amazing that I wrote it down. He says, we use the excuse of our wounds in order to not show up in our lives. We use the excuse of our wounds in order to avoid uncomfortable feelings. And I just thought, wow, that is so true. Especially these days, you hear people saying, like, I don't feel safe. I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel safe here. The way you're talking. And we run away. Um, and I'm not saying that we should that we that we we should always you know that we shouldn't demand that people or expect that people speak in a way that is respectful and caring and and shows shows respect to us but at the same time we tend to run away from situations and according to Tammy Simon um she says that Tift is a master at holding two seemingly seemingly contradictory experiences. She says, on the one hand, um, so these experiences are, on the one hand, feeling in touch and connected with the vast expanse of being, the infinite, the unconditional love, this feeling of being outside of time. And on the other, we tend to distance ourselves from others. We're dismissive, we're reactive, we shut down. We don't show up in the moment. We excuse ourselves because we don't feel safe, like I said before, we're afraid of our feelings. But Tift says we can hold both of these things at the same time, this feeling of being incredibly connected and in touch with the vast expanse of being and also and that unconditional time and that feeling love and that feeling of being outside of time and we can also feel disconnected and reactive and shut down we don't need to dismiss or get rid of any of these things um tift says that we use our neuroses to avoid feeling scary feelings and that that's in fact what our what neurosis is they're the things that we do that are avoid that help us avoid feeling the feelings that we're having um and that we go around believing that we have to heal our traumas first in order for us to show up in order for us to be present for our feelings or in different situations 
and to connect with other people and and to be loved and to feel loved and to give love. And this, I would say, is the experience of the Israelites as they receive revelation in this week's Parsha. It's a really big moment for them. It's an incredible opportunity, really. Revelation, I mean, think about it, wow. And yet they fail utterly. They have a choice, they have a choice of transcendence, but they remove themselves. They ask Moses to speak for them and to transmit God's words to them. Due to their trauma, they're too afraid to face God themselves. It's understandable, right? And as a result, they do not show up in the moment. And it's true that what happens is extremely intense. God comes down in a dense cloud, and there's also fire and thunder and lightning. This is all God. Mount Sinai is enveloped completely in smoke. Uh, God comes down as fire. As it says in the Torah, the smoke rose like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled violently. I think it's Rashi who says, like, only like a kiln? Like, shouldn't it be even... That's that's kind of small, right? So, because the way it's being described, it's so incredibly huge. It's so intense and frightening that the Israelites' senses, their, their senses, their five senses, they get mixed up. They, there are many voices, kolot, which they see. They see the voices. And the voices sometimes mean the clap of thunder, or they may, may mean the blast of a horn. They saw the voices. And the, that's the clap, the, the, the lightning, the thun, the tor- their torches. And the voice or the blast of the shofar. Vetahar um, ashan, and the mountain was fire, was smoke, sorry. Vayar ha'am, and the people were afraid. And they staggered. Vayanu'u, and they stood back. Vayam, vayam, is it vayam? Vayamdu, vayamdu. So the people then, they're led by Moses. That's in Exodus 20, 15. Now we're going back a little bit. The people are led by Moses and they take their places at the foot of the mountain. But there seems to be a contradictory message here. On the one hand, you see what I'm doing here? On the one hand, the people should come near. On the other, Moses is to warn them in case they break through to God to see. If they break through Many from among them may fall. Vayomer Adonai el Moshe, Red Ha'ar Ha'ed, go see, uh, go witness, Ba'am Pen Yehersu, in case they, in case they break through to God, El Adonai, Lirot, to see. Like, what does that mean exactly? If you think about it, they break through to see. Are they breaking through and seeing God? Are they, whatever it is, that's what it seems like. They're seeing something. But they're breaking through to God and they're seeing, right? It doesn't say, and they see, but to see. And they fall, v'nafal mimenu rab, and many of them might fall, might fall. They might, it's translated as they may perish, they may die. 
So it's also in this moment that they beseech Moses to speak to God for them and tell them what God says, and they remain far away. It's true that facing our traumas is frightening, but it's also true that if we wait until our traumas are healed, we may be waiting a lifetime before we begin living. Or we may never live because we may never be healed. We may, and we're definitely never gonna be completely healed. And if we constantly shut down and disconnect, protecting ourselves from uncomfortable feelings, we miss out on life and the love that comes with it. Of course, there are times that we have to definitely protect ourselves. It's, I, I'm not seeking to disrespect the pain and fear and trauma. That's true too. And we may need some time. We may not be ready. Even God is afraid for the people. He comes with a warning not, with a warning not to break through because they might become overwhelmed by God's presence and the revelation they're about to receive. So both of these things are true. Again, this contradiction. And as Bruce Tift says, if we allow our pain and our limitations to get in the way of our living, then we're missing out on an opportunity. Instead, he says, we can live with our trauma and the neuroses that come along with, with it. We can know that we, can, we will never be fully healed and we can accept the contradictions and our limitations and also not allow the fear that we cannot take what is set before us to prevent us from living, right? We might think, oh, but I can't take it. It's too much for me. And then we may, so he's saying, push yourself a little bit. That's what he's saying. Push yourself to your limit. I think that's his message. So we can love ourselves and we can love others in spite of our neuroses, in spite of their neuroses. And we can continue to look for opportunities to connect despite our fear. And if we take on this challenge, then we're already free. We're already enlightened. That's, I think that's the name of this, um, of his podcast, of this podcast episode is you're already free or something like that already free. So that means, what does that mean? It means they're all, we're already enlightened. So I want to end with Shefa Gold, some ideas that I got from her in her book, Torah Journeys, and her commentary on this Parsha. She says, like, she kind of implies, don't we already know in moments of revelation, because we're constantly, we do have moments of revelation. Don't we already know that we're all connected and that hurting another person hurts ourselves too. Do not kill. Don't we already know that there's no need to covet that which belongs to our neighbor, neighbor, or that taking something that doesn't belong to us, uh, we don't need to do that because there is no lacking because in fact, everything belongs to all of us? Don't we already know in our very beings that there's no need to testify falsely against another person because truth with a capital T is right there in front of us just waiting to be revealed? Don't we already know that we don't need false images because God's love or universal love, whatever you wanna call it, is accessible always, that it's always surrounding us? 
Because when we experience love and connection with other humans and with nature, that is universal love. Don't we know that in order to maintain our sanity, we need to stop at least one day a week to smell the flowers or we'll wear ourselves to the bone? Don't we already know that it's in the stopping that we can breathe a little and that these truths are revealed to us in the moments of stopping? Maybe it takes many voices, kolot, the voices of our, our fellow humans, and maybe all of us together are God. And maybe it takes all of us together to help us get there. Or maybe it takes loud thunderclaps to bring us into awareness. But if we just show up, then many things will definitely be revealed to us. Say amen and good Shabbos and visit my website, realrabbinyc.com and have a wonderful Shabbat and may there be peace in the world. Oh, and all those, yeah, just may there be peace. I'm not even going to say anything about the news. Why bother? (laughs) All right. I'll see you next week. Thanks for being here with me.